0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rewind Football Fantasy. (laughs) Fantasy Football Rewind.
1: Welcome to Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Cicada. We are ready and raring to go. Week 10 Fantasy Football are right here. And, of course, last night, the Minnesota Vikings learned that Sam Bradford had his knee scoped. Injury reserve next would cancel his season. And according to ESPN's Chris Mortensen, Dr. James Andrews cleaned up Bradford's knee in an effort to relieve the pain and discomfort. The Vikings are still weather, weighing weather to place Bradford on injury reserve. Teddy Bridgewater is now available. He will be added to the roster. So it looks like Sam Bradford may be officially done this week for the Minnesota Vikings. Jimmy Graham did not practice yesterday, a Wednesday, light practice. He should be ready to go Thursday from all indications, but make sure you check those rosters an hour and a half before. If you have a waiver wire situation, just get Luke Wilson. Two L's in Wilson. W-I-L-L son. C.J. Procise is practicing in full. So what does this mean? It means Thomas Rawls is going to start. But C.J. Procise, maybe we'll see him. The offensive line lost uh, is lost. It looks like it's crazy. But Seahawks offensive coordinator Darren Bevel confirms that Thomas Rawls will be the team's starting running back against the Cardinals Thursday night. You could see him get some action there with uh, CJ Prosei's coming on the backfield catching some balls. Eddie Lacey's expected to miss week 10, so he's out of the equation. I like Thomas Rawls if he's on the waiver wire and you're really in a desperate back situation, which a lot of us are. I think he comes up and uh, has a shot. I don't know how much of an opportunity he's going to get with that poor offensive line. Nobody's been able to put up big yards there, uh, but I would be willing to take a shot and maybe get a goal line carry, even though, for whatever reason, Seattle loves to fire the ball down at the goal line and get picked off as we saw it happen again this week. Paul Richardson was Held out of Tuesday's practice and wasn't listed Monday's injury report. So it's a new ailment, an ominous development, according to Roto World. The Seahawks playing on Thursday night. Uh, all sorts of injuries report in this game. There's a good chance Racha Radinson will be back and ready to go. So I wouldn't worry about that. Tyler Lockett's ready to go. I think both those guys are usable. They're going to throw the ball, they can't run the ball. So they will be fantasy options. And, of course, Mike Evans had his appeal denied. They're going to play this week without Evans, without Jameis Winston. And the Jets are favorite on the road. How about that? How about that? Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'll tell you what. I'm a Deshaun Jackson owner. Should this be the week finally? And uh, Adam Humphreys could be a guy that will get some targets, too. If you want to hit the waiver wire, I think Adam Humphreys is going to be a sneaky, sneaky ad for people. And I think it's certainly worthwhile. Adam Humphrey. you listen to Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you get this every Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Got a great show lined up for you. Uh, we'll get you ready for the waiver wire. Make sure you got everything you need to be prepared. So stay tuned for more from Fantasy Football Rewind. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Rewind. My name's Tony Scala. I gotta tell ya, that music when we come back from break sounds like uh, someone's banging dishes. And I keep looking around like, what are the kids doing now? What are they up to? But I don't have to look around. Buy low, sell high, waiver wire ads from the rotation. Gary and Thorne, who's joined by NFL.com's Matt Franskovich. These guys are great, and here they go. They're giving you the wealth of information to make you a fantasy football winner from the rotation. Gary and Thorne and Matt Franskovich. These guys are. Welcome to this Tuesday
2: edition of The Rotation. I'm and Thorne, and on today's show, we are talking some trade decisions. Some buy highs, buy lows, sell highs, sell lows, everything you could possibly imagine because there's a very good chance. In fact, go right now and check what your league setting is because I am positive your trade deadline is coming up very soon, possibly even sometime this week so unfortunately maybe for the last time we welcome in one of my favorite guys to talk fantasy football with one of my favorite guys to talk some hypothetical trades with that being (sighs) matt franciscovich of nfl.com and nfl network matt how's it going man
0: that's very kind of you gary and thanks for having me man i'm excited to be here as always yeah it's a fun week to say the least uh, to talk about
2: some of these trade options i mean there's values going all over the place and the schedule's really dwindling like it's really tis the season to start looking at you know the playoff schedule and the remaining season schedules and some of these guys it doesn't stack up all that well we'll get to a few of those in a second but uh, we have to start I think with Mike Evans who just the last 72 hours for Mike Evans have been tumultuous to say the least I mean Mike Evans somehow doesn't get kicked out of that Buccaneers-Saints game after cheap-shotting Marcus Lattimore. Uh, we finally see the repercussions, the ramifications of that decision uh, with an, a suspension, a one-game suspension being handed down. He's now appealing that suspension, so his immediate future, his future for Week 10 is still kind of up in the air, but that obviously adds another wrinkle to his trade value as we sit here after Week 9. I mean, that game against the Saints was good in no way, For Mike Evans just one catch for 13 yards he has zero 100 yard receiving games in 2017 but still after all this seemingly negative stuff he's still wide receiver 11 in PPR formats this year like he's still a wide receiver one and I feel like you've been getting the basement level production from Mike Evans all season long so how do you go about assessing his value as we sit here with only four or five games left in your fantasy regular season?
0: Yeah, it's tough, man, especially with Jameis Winston injured. And, you know, he's slated to miss a few games now. So they got Ryan Fitzpatrick back there. And, you know, we know Ryan Fitzpatrick likes to throw the Yolo ball. So maybe, you know, maybe that's a good thing for Mike Evans. Because like you said, he hasn't really reached that ceiling yet this year. Uh, And if Ryan Fitzpatrick is just back there slinging it, I mean, he's going to be. The the, the thing with Evans is he's still going to get that target volume to give you the safe floor. Uh, but he's become so touchdown dependent. Like you said, he hasn't had those spike weeks. He hasn't had a 100-yard game this season. And, and and this game against the Jets upcoming, if he is suspended, that's like one of the best matchups he has left this year. The Jets allow more passing touchdowns than any other team. I think it's 19 this year. So if he's suspended for that game, you're missing out on another great matchup where you can start Evans and possibly where he could reach that ceiling. It's just – I don't know if this Tampa Bay offense has given up, uh, you know, I don't think they have, they don't, they can't find their identity on offense. It's just kind of, uh, you know, he's a big name. If you can sell him, you know, for his brand name to someone who is in need of a wide receiver and, and you can spin it as look, you're getting floor value with double digit targets every week from this guy. Then I would try to move him. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not personally trying to buy Mike Evans because like I said, you know, it, it, the outlook isn't great here. I, I don't know what's going on with this Tampa Bay offense. So it's it's rough. It's a rough outlook for this guy the rest of the season, I'll tell you what.
2: Yeah, and it's tough, too, as you mentioned, when his future is not even really in his own hands, so to speak. I mean, the quarterback yeah. situation in Tampa, not ideal. Uh, not the quarterback yeah. situation you were probably signing up for as you were watching hard knocks all preseason long. Uh, and it really just exactly. hasn't worked out for Tampa Bay this year. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins... In a similar boat, at least in terms of the quarterback situation, I mean, when he was attached to Deshaun Watson, it was the rosiest situation possible for a fantasy wideout. Anyone who had DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, there was no thought process of selling high on this guy because it just seemed like the ride was never going to end. I mean, it was such fun times. In fact, since week four, not only is DeAndre Hopkins wide receiver one in PPR formats, He is wide receiver one by a full 30 fantasy points ahead of Antonio Brown. I mean, it's not just that he's 30 fantasy points ahead of wide receiver X. He's 30 fantasy points ahead of Antonio Brown, who for the last half decade has been the most consistent fantasy commodity in PPR formats. It's it's crazy. And in that span of time since week four, we're talking about a Houston Texans team that also had their buy. I mean, it's just nutty the numbers he's been able to put up. So I kind of wanted to pose this question to you, Matt. I mean, I know Tom Savage is not the ideal situation. I know Tom Savage is not Deshaun Watson, but with all the negativity surrounding the Houston Texans offense and Tom Savage in particular, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins still did what DeAndre Hopkins does in Week 9. He got 16 targets against the Colts. It was only six catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown, but... Is there a chance you could almost buy low on DeAndre Hopkins right now? Like, is that sort of a risk you'd be willing to take considering there's still so much floor with a player like Hopkins?
0: Yeah, I think I think you're spot on there. I, I think it was week one, too, when Savage started. Hopkins also saw 16 targets. So Savage throws the ball to him. They're just not the same quality targets that you'd be seeing from Deshaun Watson. And, you know, you, the Hopkins owner in your league might might be freaking out a little bit after this I guess we could call it a down game, even though he scored. He was he was pretty much a toe tap away from two touchdowns in this game. Um, so yeah, I would try to go out and get Hopkins because you know he's going to get the volume. Um, he's got a game against Arizona coming up in a couple weeks, uh, Tennessee and San Francisco uh, towards the end of the reg- fantasy regular season. But he also has some tougher matchups against Baltimore, Jacksonville, and Pittsburgh. Uh, three three of the top four teams, I believe, in terms of limiting fantasy wide receivers. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to say he's a matchup based guy because he gets so much volume. You're just going to kind of be riding a roller coaster with Tom Savage. Um, I would, you know, if if someone's looking to sell him, I would try to buy low and just hope he keeps getting 12, 14 targets a game, what have you. Uh, and, you know, plug that into your lineup for the rest of the season and hope it pays off. But, you know, he's not going to see that ceiling, like you said, with Watson anymore. So. This, this is a tough one. I'm kind of middle ground on Hopkins.
2: Yeah, but I guess I guess the moral of this then is don't be looking to sell low on DeAndre Hopkins. Like It's still a decent situation you have him in. It's just not the ideal situation we saw in the right. last couple weeks.
0: His floor is not going to bottom out on you because he'll still get those double-digit targets. He's just not going to have that, that crazy, insane ceiling. Like you said, he's the wide receiver one since week four. He's not going to have that potential anymore, I don't think.
2: Well, it's, uh, should, should come as a surprise to nobody that when we talk about yeah. schedules, that the Indianapolis Colts schedule is very similar to that of the Houston Texans. And that really is the key point of the conversation for T.Y. Hilton. And that's saying something because T.Y. Hilton has maybe been the most inconsistent fantasy commodity in 2017. He's got three weeks this year, essentially with 30 fantasy points. I mean, he's, he's been a top three wideout three times. This year. And if he's not top three, he's outside the top 36, it seems like. It's, it's just been yeah. extreme highs and extreme lows for T.Y. Hilton coming off a five reception, 175 yard, two touchdown game. The three prior weeks, he had totaled 61 yards. It's, it's just incredible. <laughs> the disparity we see week to week from T.Y. Hilton right now. But beside all that is the upcoming schedule. He's got Pittsburgh, his bye week still remaining. Jacksonville. He has to go into Buffalo. Then he plays Denver and gets Baltimore in Baltimore in Week 16. There is not a plus matchup or even a decent matchup left on this Colts' schedule. I mean, you have to be looking to sell T.Y. Hilton for essentially anything at this point, right?
0: Well, I will 100%, 100% agree with you. He's a sell high after this crazy spike week. I mean, he had, his touchdowns were 45 and 80 yards, I think. I don't think he scored on a play that was like less than 30 or 40 yards this season. And all of his spike weeks have been completely predictable. He did it against Cleveland, San Francisco and Houston. Three, you know, three of the weakest pass defenses in the NFL. Um, So you could see those coming and, you know, he performed in those. But like you said, there's none of those matchups left this season. Uh, so definitely I'm selling Hilton as I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of him. I want nothing to do.
1: They have it. they're calling TY Hilton a bully. He only picks on the big fat teams and you can see it coming from a mile away. Great stuff from Matt and Sovich and Gary and Thorne will come back and we'll get more from the guys right here on the fantasy sports radio network. You listen to fantasy football rewind. Don't go anywhere. Oops, Leap, I was going to be yeah. on the real world.
0: I play the oboe Zipo, and, and you, I saved a kid's life. The box, definitely never you save the the kids I'm serious. Last summer I donated bone marrow to a kid who had leukemia. It's saving a life. The truth is it's easier than you think. Learn how at DKMS.org. <laughs> who knew we were living with a hero? A <laughs> hero who plays the oboe. <laughs>
2: Available at K Jewelers.
1: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Cicada, and here's Gary and Thorne absolutely getting it done, getting ready for week 10 buy Low, sell highs, waiver wire ads, and he's joined by Matt Fransovich of NFL.com.
0: He is volatile as ever, like you Buy these bad matchups, that sell high right now
1: if
2: you can. Uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, not someone we've yeah. ever thought of as a uh, consistent wide receiver in the NFL. Hasn't had the longest NFL career in his defense, but has been very good the last four weeks. Uh, since week six, is actually wide receiver five in PPR formats, behind only the aforementioned DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., Amari Cooper, and Ted Ginn Jr. You know, the, the top five receivers you automatically think of when you're playing fantasy football. So it might say more yeah. about the wide receiver position in general this season than it does about Robbie Anderson, but He has looked good, and he's been good to your fantasy teams the last couple weeks. But, you know, even though Robbie Anderson is someone we've always thought of as more of a standard guy than a PPR guy, the numbers still are a little bit concerning. Like, he's put up those top five receiving numbers with just 17 catches over that four-game run. I mean, it's really the touchdown expectancy that's been carrying him since week six. Uh, You know, Josh McCowan's on a really nice run at the same time, which you don't know when the cliff is coming for either of these two guys. But in the same (laughs) vein, there might be a little bit of opportunity opening up. I mean, I know Jeremy Curley didn't play in their Week 9 contest against Buffalo, but he won't be playing for some time. He's been suspended four games uh, for violating the league's PED substance abuse policy. I mean, it's not a bad situation for Robbie Anderson, but do you feel like he's the type of guy who you can keep riding, or do you want to sell him high to someone who's maybe seeing through rosier colored glasses
0: than you are, I think I'm. I think I'm riding this Robbie Anderson train through the rest of the season here, man. He's like you said, he's a, he's a QB six and standard the last four weeks. Uh, like you said, with Josh McCown on this role the last four games, Anderson has led the Jets in targets, twenty eight, two hundred sixty three receiving yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, he's got a great matchup against Tampa Bay this week. Then he's got a bye. Uh, an unfavorable matchup against Carolina, a great matchup against Kansas City. Then they played Denver, New Orleans, and the Chargers to close it out. So there's only two really bad matchups in a bye week where you know you'd be kind of questioning using Robbie Anderson. Uh, but I like, I, I think he's trending up here. I mean, I think him and McCown are on the same page, and the, their hot runs have have kind of coincided here. Another cool stat I found in our Next Gen stats. Dashboard. Robbie Anderson ranks seventh in percent of team air yards, 37.11% this season, which is only behind names like elite wide receiver names Antonio Brown, AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Des Bryant, Julio Jones, and T.Y. Hilton. So Robbie Anderson is, you know, he's getting targeted. He's getting those deep balls. Um, You know, there's going to be some volatility with a, a wide receiver like that but I think you can fire him up in all these favorable matchups. and he, you know, He's one of these guys that can put up 150 yards and two touchdowns and win your week for you, so I'm riding this one out.
2: Let's talk about Josh Gordon. Let's address the elephant in the room. Uh, Josh Gordon know. is scheduled, Matt, to report to Browns <laughs> camp today. Uh, he cannot play in an NFL game, even if everything goes exactly according to plan until week 13. So maybe, maybe you get four fantasy games this season out of Josh Gordon. Now just to kind of put everyone in the perspective of where most fantasy owners are right now and I'll admit I picked up Josh Gordon in a couple of my deeper formats a couple weeks back. He's gone from 2% to 25% on ESPN over the past seven days. I assume when ESPN runs multiple stories today and Fox runs multiple stories and we see Roto World all over it that you know, Josh Gordon's first day at camp went so-and-so, I'm sure those ownership numbers will continue to climb. So let's assume that you play in a league where someone's already picked up Josh Gordon. Is this a situation where you can still buy low, or is this a situation where you even want to explore the possibility of buying low? Like, Do you want any piece of Josh Gordon right now?
0: Personally, I do not want any piece of him. I can see if you're in a deeper league You have room on your bench and you think you're gonna make a playoff run and you wanna stash him to see what happens, uh, you know, I can obviously you're picking him up if he's available, but I don't think he's a guy you're making a move for to trade trade someone for. Um you know, if even it's kind of one of those situations where as his ownership grows over the next day, couple days or weeks here, like you said, like his value might never be higher until before he plays because it's all potential based. Right. So maybe if you picked him up, you try to trade him away. You know, if you're not if you're not on board with a Browns wide receiver who hasn't played since 2014, that's why I'm out on him. I mean, we're seeing people are sending his stats out. I mean, the stats are from four years ago. You can't trust this guy. So maybe try to maybe try to sell him if you picked him up in the next couple days as the hype builds, but I'm not looking to buy him.
2: And it's just not a situation that's overly fantasy viable. Like I would love to believe that Josh Gordon's going to come back and be that guy he was in 2014. And granted, he did it with not the greatest quarterback situation. The Browns have never had a great quarterback situation, but uh, it's been very volatile this season. And I'm not sure if there's a guy on this team who could even get him the ball in the situations that made him the player he used to be. Uh, We'll move to running back now. And uh, definitely wanted to talk to you, Matt, about Kareem Hunt because I know you are president... (laughs) and probably founder of the Kareem Hunt Fantasy Fan Club. Uh, You've been waving that flag all year long, and to your credit, it has been working most of the season. But he has slowed down just a little bit Uh, since week six, purely from a running perspective. 3.3 yards per carry and zero touchdowns. Hasn't done a whole lot on that end of the spectrum. Now, Kareem Hunt is someone who gives you that elevated floor, especially in PPR formats, because he is such a vital part of the Kansas City Chief passing game. 16 catches and 165 yards are both top 10 marks over that four week span, even with the struggles we've seen from the running game. But is this maybe one of those rare situations where we're actually happy to see a bye week on the schedule for one of our fantasy players? Because I know that dreaded rookie wall term has been cropping up everywhere the last couple weeks do you feel like maybe he could use the extra week of rest here and can come back stronger after the bye
0: yeah i mean definitely i I, i'm not i know there are some people that are kind of panicking about hunt like should i move him uh i'm i'm not trying to sell him hold him through the bye you know he's rookies are gonna have these rookie hurdles like i've heard some storylines like he's struggling in pass protection and they want to protect Alex smith and i understand that And, you know, the Chiefs kind of started hot and have had a rough couple weeks here the last few weeks. Um, But if you want something to look forward to, after the bye, they play the Giants, which they don't have a good run defense. They play the Bills, who lost Marcel Darius in a trade, and we just saw the Bills' run defense get gashed by Matt Forte and Bilal Powell. Uh, And then they get Oakland, uh, the Chargers, and Miami in in the fantasy playoffs. So... I, you know, I think Hunt is gonna just just finish the season strong here. Like the, the Kansas City offense runs through three players: it's Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Kareem Hunt. If someone in your league is out there floating Kareem Hunt trades, I would go get him because you want a piece of this Kansas City offense. They're still one of the highest scoring in, in the NFL, and it's gonna it's gonna run through Hunt and last week was a weird week he only played 54% of the snaps they were losing it was just one of those outlier type weeks where he didn't get the usage people were saying he got Andy Reeded. Uh and uh, you know I'm buying in that Hunt will have a strong finish after this buy so don't freak out guys. Uh,
2: Well, I'll admit I am one of the very few people in the world who forced himself to watch the entirety of Sunday Night Football this week. It's kind of the detriment that comes with being a Miami Dolphin fan. Uh, The other detriment being that sometimes they just trade your best offensive player in the middle of the week. So Jay Ajayi, now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, and that opened up ample opportunity for two people in the Dolphin backfield, two people who were very popular on the Week 9 waiver wire, that being Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams. Uh, From just a raw snap count perspective, it wasn't really like someone took a definitive claim to the number one running back spot in that backfield. Damian Williams started the game, got the first four carries. Uh, He caught the touchdown between the two of those players. But it did seem like Kenyon Drake, which should probably surprise nobody, was the more explosive running back of these two guys. And I don't know if he's going to ever be definitively out-snapping, out-touching Damian Williams, but probably you could say has more upside than Damian Williams at this point in a situation that's not, again, overly conducive to fantasy success with how that Dolphin offense has played all season long. So how do you view Kenyon Drake going forward? I mean, do you see him as the guy to own between these two running backs? And, also, how does your opinion differ if we're saying, you know, season long versus maybe a dynasty format? Like, is this maybe an opportunity where you could buy low at some point if Kenyon Drake has a bad week?
0: Yeah, I think from a dynasty standpoint, Drake is a guy you want to you want to roster and hope, you know, hope he becomes that guy for the Dolphins down the line. This season though, it's kind of like do you want a 50/50 share of uh a backfield that doesn't have a rushing touchdown yet this season like I understand running back is just a terrible position with so many injuries and you know week-to-week volatility but the Dolphins offense like you said has not been great this year they still Damian Williams scored that touchdown last week but it was a receiving touchdown it wasn't rushing so they still have that zero rushing touchdown on the season deal going on um my, you know, my guy is Damian Williams just because of the red zone usage, usage that we've seen. Last year, Damian Williams had six total touchdowns, and all of them came in the red zone. Some people don't realize this because Ajayi had such a strong season, but Williams snuck in there six times behind him. And then his touchdown that he scored this, this past week was also a red zone reception. Um, you know, he found it tough, tough to run behind a Miami offensive line, but doesn't everyone. Uh, it's just kind of like ask yourself, do you want, like I said, a 50-50 split? I don't know if either one of these guys is really going to emerge as the guy. The other thing here is four different players tied with for six receptions on the Dolphins. Two of them were Drake and Williams, and then it was Jarvis Landry and Julius Thomas. It's just a weird split. It's a weird market share in that Dolphins offense. You got to think they'll probably be trailing in games more than they'll be leading. They still have two matchups against New England uh, in the next coming weeks here, so you know I don't know really what the upside is. If you want like a floor play in a PPR league, I guess Drake would be the guy. But I'm kind of a William. I'm on I'm on Team Damian Williams. I got to be honest with you, man.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, again, I, I can't blame people for not watching Dolphin games the last decade or so, but you're right. <laughs> Damian Williams was utilized very heavily in the red zone under Adam Gase last season. I believe it was 7-6 to six that Ajayi outtouched him inside the 10-yard line last year from a rushing capacity, yeah. which is not the sort of massive split people would assume considering Ajayi was so good in 2016, and also the only two receivers, the only two players in the Dolphins last year to have more red zone targets than Damian Williams were Devontae Parker and Jarvis Landry. So pretty good company to have for Damian Williams. Yeah. Clearly Adam Gase likes something about this guy undrafted out of Oklahoma, so I'm kind of with you. It's, it's not a great situation anyway, and it's not clear that the coaching staff feels like Kenyon Drake, is the guy. Uh, before we get you out of here,
1: we'll be right back with Gary and Thorne and Matt Franskovich as they break it down. You'll listen to the Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Sincata, and we are listening to uh, the rotation Gary and Thorne and Matt Franskovich, week 10 buy lows, sell highs, and waiver wire additions. Here they are.
2: About Jared Goff. Um, Sure. It's kind of amazing (laughs) what Jared Goff and the Los Angeles Rams (laughs) have been able to do so far this season, but I think it's interesting just this sort of three stat. Thing I'm about to throw at you. The Rams lead the league in points per game, so that seems like it would be awesome for Goff, heading an offense that scores almost 33 points per contest. The Rams lead the league in red zone drives per game at 4.5, so again, seems like ample opportunity for Jared Goff to put up a ton of fantasy numbers. However, the Rams also pass the ball just 50.5% of the time. The only two teams who run the ball more often than the Rams are the exact two teams you think run the ball more often than the Rams the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Chicago Bears I mean can you allow yourself to think that Jared Goff is truly a quarterback one the rest of the way especially factoring in that we're about to see the last week of buys like soon all 32 quarterbacks I mean I guess there's only about 17 actual quarterbacks we can actually count on week to week but soon no quarterbacks will have buys like is jared goff someone who you're just penciling in every single week at this point
0: i think he's more of a matchup based guy like he's done really well in favorable matchups he's got average 21 fantasy points per game in quarterback friendly contests including last week uh and i think it was three or four before that so like when the matchup is favorable you start Goff. maybe you own him you keep him on the bench and, and plug him in in these favorable matchups um, this this week upcoming against the Houston Texans is a, another week where you just have to start it off because their pass defense is terrible. I mean, they just had they just let Jacoby Brissett throw all over them. Um, and you know the, the Rams are hot right now, like you said. But the other part of it with the rushing percentage, like of course they're going to be rushing a lot when they're blowing teams out, you know, like 51 to 20. So that kind of makes sense that in the second half. If they're up big, they're just going to give the rock to Todd Gurley. Um, but the other part of this, too, is it doesn't really matter who the opponent is. Goff is spreading the ball around. It's not like he's funneling targets to one or two guys. There are uh, four different players with at least 30 targets a season. It's Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, Sammy Watkins, and Cooper Cup, And I believe Tyler Higbee has 29 targets just outside of that 30 number. So the Rams just, you know, they're, they're kind of like – Uh, The Patriots light like they game plan based on the matchup. They try to find the weakness in the other team's defense and they attack that with all this talent that they have and golf has been benefiting from it. So, you know, if you picked up golf last week to stream him, I'd start him again this week against Houston. Then he gets Minnesota probably wouldn't start him there. Yeah, would probably fire him up against new Orleans, Arizona and Philadelphia the following three weeks. Then he gets Seattle in week 15 and Tennessee in week 16. So, like I said, I think he's a matchup-based guy. If you're streaming golf, you, you probably have another quarterback on your team that has either been on a bye or just hasn't been performing, so you felt like you needed some upside off off the waivers. So, you know, maybe just play the matchups going forward. But, I mean, this what we're seeing with the Rams is incredible. They're, they're the highest-scoring team in the NFL, 32 points per game. Like, none of us saw this coming. It's crazy what Sean McVay has done, and I, I love everything about it. And the other thing is Todd Gurley. People don't realize how, what he's done in the receiving game. Like, yeah, he, he's he's kind of like doing what David Johnson did last week, and it's just another guy that Goff can dump the ball off to in these short on these short passes, and Gurley can get 30, 40 yards on one catch, and that's just padding Goff's passing stats for fantasy, you know.
2: It's, it's insane that we are essentially seeing the reincarnation of The Greatest Show on Turf, and it's Jared Goff, Robert Woods, and Tyler Higbee. Uh, <laughs> didn't see it coming, but uh, it's definitely cool uh, to watch. Uh, once yeah. again, that is Matt Franciscovich from NFL.com and NFL Network. You can read all his work there and see Matt up on your television screen, obviously, at NFL Network. Matt, thanks so much for taking the time, man.
0: Thanks, Gary. It was a lot of fun. Good luck.
1: There it is the rotation the waiver wire ads for this week to make sure we've got everything you need and to get into that of course uh, I'm looking over it seems barren it seems barren on my waiver wires but we'll figure it out. We'll know how to get it done all right and we'll know how to make it absolutely put in play so you can go crazy can make sure that we are ready. And raring to go. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Sinkata, and we are getting it done this week, as you and can imagine. As we gotta get absolutely the top of the line and make sure you go after it. What do you think about fans? It was interesting. Gabe Morency right um, has a video. Out on YouTube, you can get the Fantasy Sports Network on YouTube, and you can go and what you do is subscribe because 49,000 people subscribe, and 49,000 people can't be wrong, right? It can't be. And you look at that and you say, Hey, Gabe has two women being thrown out of games, one she swung at a cop and a cop swung back and hit her in the face it's the craziest thing and then the people are debating on whether the police officer should have hit the woman or not and then a crazy was a grandmother a grandmother at an Alabama football game was asked not to smoke by the cop and she blew smoke in his face and then the grandmother's getting dragged out by the police officer It was crazy looking, for sure. And it didn't look good. But... The lady blew smoke in her face. On purpose. I guess when you get to be a certain age... You just think anything goes, right? I've done my time. I've lived long enough. If I want to smoke... I'm gonna smoke. If I want to blow... Stuff in people's face. I'm going to blow stuff in people's face. That's how it works. It's a crazy, crazy time. It's a crazy world we live in. In a sense of entitlement. In a sense of craziness. But that's where we're at. That's where we go. Damn. Damn. Who would have dunk? The poor lady dragged out. Had to be in her 60s at the earliest. Could have been lighter than that. Goes to an Alabama game. Gets dragged out. She was... She, there was a little kid there that was crying. Like, that's how crazy it was. Crying. No. No. Grammy's getting arrested by the police. Uh, what did you think would happen once you blew the smoke in the face, though? Because you're an older woman, they're just gonna let it go. That's generally not how things go. It's not how it goes in my world. When I see there, I mean, it gets crazy. And week 10 fantasy football is here Denver, New England it's Sunday night football why do I think that all of a sudden they'll put it together the Denver Broncos and play a decent game Brock Osweiler beat them before can he beat them again Brock Osweiler We'll come back. We'll break everything down, tell you which games are this week. So stay tuned for more from the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Zikata. You're listening to Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Sincotta and we're here to get it done tonight. And of course, NFL Week 10 is coming up and we are ready to give you everything you need. And what are the games that we got going on? We've got games starting on Thursday night, as usual, right? Thursday night. Double weeks, we'll be having a Thursday Thanksgiving game. Seattle and Arizona six and a half point favorite is the Seattle Seahawks, 42 and a half is the total. That's what it opened. It's down to six in a lot of places and 41 there. Minnesota Vikings opened at 342 and a half. And right now, Minnesota one and a half point favorite over Washington 42. Green Bay started out getting three points from the Chicago Bears in a 41 total. The totals down to 38, and the Bears are a five-point favorite. Pittsburgh and Indianapolis, Pittsburgh a 10-point favorite. Indianapolis, 44.5 total there. Jacksonville and the Chargers, 5 total, 41.5. Jets, 2.5 total. Tampa, 41.5 is where we're there. Cincinnati at 40.5. Tennessee at 5-point spread. New Orleans and Buffalo, 2.5. And Buffalo, 46 and a half. Cleveland, Detroit, 44-12 is the line. Detroit a 12-point favorite over the Cleveland Browns. 12 is a lot to give in the NFL, man. They're all professionals. They all get a paycheck. It's a lot. It's a lot. But what are you going to do? I mean, the Browns are not very good. Got to do something, right? Got to give them some points. Houston and the LA Rams. The Rams are a 12-point favorite over houston see we got our big spreads this time of year giants and san francisco uh the giants started out a one and a half point underdog now the giants are a one point favorite 42 and a half. new england seven point favorite over denver now seven and a half and a half is the total miami and carolina monday night Carolina 10-point favorite, 39-and-a-half. It's been bet down to 9 and and 8-and-a-half in some places. Uh, So, people, taking the Miami Dolphins plus the points there, when you have a low score in total, like 39, and you try to give 10, that's a lot there. So, I think it makes sense to grab the points. Grab the points. You listen to Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Sicana. Take a quick break. Come back for hour number two of the Fantasy Football Rewind.